You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. All right, welcome to the Mission Matters Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Schroyer. I'm the Chief CX Officer, and we have a wonderful guest today on our show, Peter Voss, and we're so pleased to have him. Peter, why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and tell the the audience a little bit more about you and what you're passionate about? Yes, certainly. So I'm CEO and uh, Chief Scientist of iGo.ai, and our company is all about artificial general intelligence. How can we build truly intelligent systems? And we do this both commercially in terms of automating phone calls and other conversational AI or, or you know, and, and chat. But also we, we have a very active project to increase, continually increase the IQ of our system to get mm-hmm. closer and closer to human level. And uh, my own background is I started out as electronics engineer, started my own electronics company, then fell in love with software. And the company turned into a software company, grew very nicely from the garage to 400 people, and we did an IPO. So that was super exciting. And uh, it's when I exited that company, uh, really occurred to me, how can we make software more intelligent? How can we give software common sense? How can we get software to really truly understand and learn? And so that started my journey. I spent five years studying intelligence, all different aspects of intelligence. You know, how do children learn? How does our intelligence differ from animals? What do IQ tests measure? And of course, what has been done in the field of AI? And the culmination of that was really to come up with a design uh, of a a brain, an AI cognitive engine um, that can think, learn, and reason the way humans do. And so in 2002, I actually coined the term artificial general intelligence together with two others. And it's quite nice to see that the the term has sort of caught on and is being used quite widely now. Nice. So that's that's my main passion and my mission uh, is to bring artificial general intelligence to everyone. I think it's really interesting because when you, first of all, thank you for being like a visionary and somebody that was thinking about the future of AI before a lot of the rest of the world was. But I think it's I think it's interesting because when you think about customer experience, you think about what what is that experience that that customer is feeling when you have these generative AI capabilities, you can actually mimic that experience with your product, especially if it's a digital product. I'd love to to learn more about like how you are thinking the three or four big use cases are on how AI can help with the future of customer experience or the future of services? Yeah, I think these these are very interesting and important questions. And, and I think one needs to be very careful about separating out what large language models, generative AI is actually good at and what it's not good at. Yeah. And um, I mean, it's absolutely amazing at, you know, coming up with poems and ideas and you know, knowledge in all sorts of different ways. But there are very serious inherent limitations in in, in these large language models, st- statistical approaches that, you know, people I think are generally aware of, but maybe not aware of just how severe and inherent they are. 
The one is obviously the hallucination. They make up stuff. Mm-hmm. And in fact, if you look at, uh, you know, chat GPT, the words GPT actually mean G, generative, which kind of, you know, makes up stuff. It generates things from yeah. this vast, yeah. um, you know, statistical base that it, that it has. Yeah. yeah. And the P means it's pre-trained, and that's really important. It's a key aspect. They do not learn properly in interactive mode in real time. They are trained at the factory, and for large models, you know, like GPT-4, I believe it cost $100 million to train the model, and, you know, it took weeks to, to, to do that. So they are pre-trained at the factory, and they cannot really learn interactively. Now, people often don't appreciate that because there is some kind of a buffer short-term memory where you can tell it something and it will remember it, but it doesn't integrate that knowledge. It doesn't change the knowledge in its actual you know, pre-trained network, and it's, the pre-trained model does not change. And the, the, the very nature of it, you know, GPT, transformer, the transformer technology is extremely powerful, but it has that mm-hmm. inherent limitation that it needs to be trained in bulk. So mm-hmm. it cannot learn. So now imagine having a personal assistant or an, an assistant giving customer service that can't learn. You know, that's a severe limitation and that makes up stuff. So for non-critical applications such as helping you to search a database or FAQs or things like that, it certainly extremely can be extremely useful for that kind of discovery as long as mm-hmm. there's a human in the loop. But if you are talking about actually giving robust customer service that your legal team will sign off on and your marketing team and your customer experience team will sign off, where you need to know exactly how is it going to interact with each of the APIs that you have with your backend system, you know, that isn't just going to mess up information at sense, or how do you even integrate it robustly? So I've actually written about that, why large language models or statistical AI is not suitable for for you know robust commercial applications for for those reasons so the alternative to to that is is a technology that's actually not well known because statistical ai and generative ai have been so phenomenal that they've sort of taken all the oxygen out of the air for, for yeah, any other approaches. So popular, right? Everybody wants to. Uh, right. So the alternative know. approach is, is something called cognitive AI that really starts with saying, how does our mind work? You know, how do people learn and what's important there? So learning interactively, deeply understanding, being able to reason about what you have, sort of the, the metacognition, reason, thinking about thinking, being aware of what you're saying. That's sort of the approach we've been using is, is cognitive AI. So, you know, for example, one of our customers is uh, 1-800-Flowers group of companies, Harry and David and Popcorn Factory and so on. And what we provide there is a hyper-personalized concierge service for their 20 million customers where the system will learn who you buy gifts for, for what occasion, what kind of gifts, and it'll remember that. So it remembers what you said earlier in the conversation, but it also remembers previous conversations. And the system is completely scrutable. So you always know what it will do and what it will say. It's not a black box. So, you know, for important critical commercial applications, that's really the approach you want to use and not something that, you know, can make up stuff and not learn. 
when you think about the cognitive AI piece and you you talked about personalization there, does that mean that your cognitive AI capabilities can create personas for your clients as well over time? That's certainly something that can be done as well. So in, in fact, the way our approach works is that you have sort of a core of common knowledge that is shared among all of our customers, all applications. You know, that's just sort of a common sense knowledge and reasoning ability, learning ability. But then you have an extra layer on top of that that customizes it for each enterprise. And that is where you can basically bring in the, the kind of persona that you want. That's also where the integration to backend systems happens and business rules are taught and so on. And then the, the third layer is the layer you have for each individual user of the system, you know, that is then hyper-personalized to, to the individual. So certainly you can train the system and set up the system for, you know, personalization at a company level or even at individual customer level. No, it makes a lot of sense. The reason I was asking the question is because I was imagining I did like a, an AI brainstorm earlier this week in the lab, and I was imagining the ability to have an AI engine be maybe the top 20 to 50 persona buyers on the plant, consumer buyers, you know, on the mm -hmm. planet, and then be this, and I was thinking most specifically on digital assets, so entertainment, gaming, so forth. But being able to take those 20 or 50 cognitive personas and have them test and go through these products to determine like if these products are going to be viable products that actual humans will be interested in playing. And of course, you can set up the personas with certain parameters, limitations, and incentive models, incentives and psychology and so forth. So that's why I was asking the question is because I was just no, that's, curious. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting idea. I wonder if that's sort of an, what we call an AI complete problem, you know, whether these personas that you set up already need to be at human level intelligence to be able to be used as sort of product testers or as, yeah, I mean, as, as raise, virtual, virtual customers, basically. Yeah. Or at least 80% there, right? So they can give because like mm. today when you think about it, mm. like entertainment and digital companies, they spend an enormous amount of marketing money on mm. user acquisition, right? And now imagine if they could spend that marketing money on the exact users mm -hmm. that would actually use their product. So rather than spray and pray, as they, they say sometimes. Right. Yeah. Interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's why I was just curious. So what are other Kind of two or three other things that you think are kind of the future cognitive AI and where they're at, those applications can be. Yeah. So the reason I'm so excited about working in this field is, you know, as we get to really truly human level AI, as we get to to AGI, there are many different categories, but I can kind of divide it up into three different use cases. The one is an AI researcher. You know, imagine you train up one AI to be a cancer researcher. It learns, you know, now we're talking about human level learning. It hits the books, it learns similar to the way a human would. So it ends up being at the level of a, of a human cancer researcher. But now you can make a million copies of that. Mm. You now have a million PhD level researchers chipping away at cancer. Now imagine what progress we'll make and they'll yeah. be able to communicate with each other, share 
information of what they discover and so on much more effectively than 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 humans will a because of the bandwidth and you know they can literally copy ideas across but also they won't have egos getting in the way you know to prevent communication yeah. so now look at think about this kind of research in you know all sorts of different diseases and other problems we want to solve you know whether it's battery density you know more effective batteries or pollution climate change or just poverty in general or governance having better ideas on how to arrange society so having these researchers in different fields these ai researchers i think is incredibly exciting and how that can improve the human condition and the second category is of course just dramatically reducing the cost and goods of services to basically just create much more wealth across the globe mm-hmm. by being able to automate so many jobs that you know that you have and and bring down the cost dramatically because once you have a, a single ai that can learn by itself that is say you know desk bound that can operate a computer you know it can basically replace any desk job that doesn't particularly require sort of the the human element in it so that's the second category and the third category I'm also very excited about is what we call a personal personal assistant we actually call it a personal 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 assistant but it's a bit long so because there are three different aspects of personal that are important here the one is you own it it's yours it serves your agenda so the ownership personal it serves your agenda not some mega corporations agenda the second personal is hyper personalized to you it learns what's important in your life you know who the people are what you're interested in what you like what you dislike and so on and it learns as you start using it more and more and the third personal is that you have control total control of what you share with whom you know so you share certain things with your your spouse other things with your coworkers and some things you share with amazon and so you have control over that so imagine everybody having this kind of personal personal assistant how this can improve our lives you know also help us make better decisions you know should i get into this business deal should i make this investment should i break off this relationship you know let me ask my ai to help me think this think this through and make avoid maybe some some mistakes that might otherwise make you know like having a little angel on your shoulder to help you yeah, help yeah. you make decisions so i mean these are three categories mm-hmm. of what ai true ai human level ai will will bring to us no i think it's exciting the last one reminded me of jarvis in mm-hmm. ireland that last one i want so I'm, i'll be excited i know almost everybody we talk to say i want it when, when can i have it well we're, we're, we're working we're working on it we just need to scale up our team we you know we have the core technology we currently looking to to expand our team we're raising money for that and we're looking for partners basically in terms of people who can help us develop the product further you know additional staff and then also investing so you know now with the excitement of of chat gpt i mean it is an a ma- definitely a major breakthrough in in what it can do the generative ai but ultimately it's it's a dead end towards getting to true human level ai so you know we we really putting a lot more focus on concentrating on cranking up the iq of our system mm-hmm. no, i love that i love that so one last question i had for you peter is when you think about let's say 2030 2035 
Like, what is the the your view of what the world looks like with AI by that? Yeah, you know, just extrapolating from the things that I mentioned, I think there's just such a tremendous benefit from from AI helping humans flourish better. I mean, in some way, it'll be, you know, people always say they'd like to win the lottery. Well, to some extent, it'll be like everybody winning the lottery. You know, over over time, it, it'll, yeah. um, you know, help us solve many of the problems that we have. I mean, disease, diseases and energy pollution and governance are some of the ones I mentioned. It'll help us improve those areas tremendously by basically applying more brain power than, you know, the... Uh, just dramatically reducing the cost of goods and services. So people will be able to concentrate more on how can we help the rest of the world also, you know, be uplifted. I mean, there are so many problems across the world, you know, in in Europe and America, you know, it's we generally are just extremely well off. Yeah. You know, and but there's still, you know, huge areas of the world, the majority of people in the world still have a long way to go in terms of having the kind of quality of life that we have and then dramatically improving it, you know, with being able to conquer many of the diseases that there are. So that's the kind of world I, I, I see with, with AGI is just dramatically improving the options, the quality of life, the wealth that everybody will have. Well, I love how AGI is really going to not only help business but it's going to help people and it's going to help the experiences that people have across the globe personally professionally and otherwise so peter this is a super exciting talk mm -hmm. and i know that the audience members are going to love it if folks want to reach out to you after this what's the best way to contact you yep very easy peter at igo.ai email or otherwise i'm on Twitter, you know, Facebook and some other channels. I also have a, anybody interested in articles. I, I have quite a number of articles on medium.com or you can get to them from our nice. website, igo.ai, AIGO.ai. So always welcome people contacting me who are interested in moving AGI forward. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for taking the time. And Thanks, everyone, for listening today on the Chief CX Officer channel on the Mission Matters Podcast Network. So pleased to have you. Until next time, serve well. Thank you. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.